everybody. Thank you for listening. As you know, we will usually be getting pretty high during this process. So we invite you to join us where legally possible. Uh, it might make it just a little bit more entertaining for you. So thank you and enjoy the show. <laughs> Do you want any more? Hi, <laughs> tolerance. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Trin. And you're listening to High Tolerance, a show where we'll be reviewing different strains of weed and finding the best ones to help you cope with all of life's bullshit. So the way it's going to work is we'll be smoking a different strain in each episode that's related to our topic, and we'll always have a different guest. So today our guest is our good friend Rebecca Russell, fashion diva extraordinaire, co-creator and co-host of On She Goes podcast, and overall muse slash badass in business. <laughs> so how are you today, Rebecca? <laughs> I am really good, and Welcome. thank you for that introduction. Um, every single possible adjective and noun you could have used, so thank you. We had to choose. I appreciate it. <laughs> I know, it could have gone on longer. We yeah. workshopped it right before, so I'm fine, I'm fine with where it landed. <laughs> I can go on. Good stuff. <laughs> but I do have to ask, Rebecca, do you smoke often? Um, no, because I don't know how to use lighter, so I'm very glad you all are here. <sighs> Don't worry, I got you. There was a point where I had like, you know, one of those that you use like to light a candle or something that is oh, That's what I that's had. That's not what you should use. a barbecue lighter. Right? But yeah, you should I not use that for a Barbecue lighter. Yeah. And then I looked at myself and I was like, this is ridiculous. Grow up. No, I love that. I don't like lighting candles. Yeah. I have a fear of barbecue lighters. Because, like, when you turn the lighter upside down, I, like, always feel like I'm going to burn my hand. I have burned my hand. I used my first match, like, for real in January. Oh, matches are scary, too. Well, it was terrifying. Yeah, you have, like, a timer. <laughs> yeah, matches are... Yeah, I get you on that. Yeah. I, barbecue lighters scary because I have a girlfriend whose aunt was lighting a cigarette, and they put that thing on full blast, and she just blew off all her bangs and eyelashes. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Um, so today we are smoking ice cream because we want to celebrate all the ice queens who have a high tolerance for their jobs, bosses, clients, workplace politics. They've all made it this far in their careers and not let any of the aforementioned factors take them down or affect their success. And Rebecca is certainly one of those people. And so that's why we're really excited to talk to her today about all of this. But first we get high. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so just a little bit about Ice Queen. Um, so it's a hybrid strain that crosses White Widow and Cinderella 99. It's sativa heavy, from what I read. Apparently, one whiff of Ice Queen fills your nose with a sweet bouquet of lavender and rose aromas, scented by subtle pepper notes. This, mm. this sounds like a meal. Sounds pleasant. It sounds <laughs> like a bath. So Ice Queen... There's different types of um, varieties of it, obviously. And so ours is specifically from Deep Creek, which is an Oregon brand. We got it from Natural Wonders, which is a minority-owned dispensary. Uh, We fully support minority-owned dispensaries. Always look into where you're buying your weed. It's important. Or at least to us it is. And the customer service is outstanding. Love it there. And that too. Shout out to them. And so without further ado, let's... Smoke and spark. <laughs> or spark and smoke. What, what does it taste like? Let me taste. Like the flavor when you're smoking it. Oh, I think yours is out. I think it's out too. It's like a subtle, aromatic <coughs> situation. 
You know what? It does taste like I it it's not evergreen, but there's something like wintry about it. Yeah, it I don't like know what it herb, is. Well, herbal. <laughs> dumb adjective to use, but like it um like a like a spruceish. Thank you. Kind of. Yeah, it tastes like there is fresh. a there's a very like it's right farmers market. I don't want to call it wintry or like pine it's or earthy. you know, but it's got a very mountain like kind of yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you taste the pepper notes? Yeah, you know what I pay? I do. A little bit, right? The or maybe more. I don't know. It kind of tastes like a grape. Is that dumb? <laughs> That's not dumb. <laughs> I was looking for fruity notes. Yeah, I taste the grape. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a bitter aftertaste. Interesting. I definitely get grape. But it does feel nice, though. This one just feels like more smooth, mellow, kind of like it'll just go for a while and and you can still be very, like, like in a chill, like, get-together situation. Minus the coughing, but it's subtle. Yes, the coughing is a thing. I felt that immediately (laughs) as well. (coughs) Don't worry, it's not the COVID. Also, just so everyone knows, this is post-COVID or during COVID, and so we are all safe distances <laughs> apart. Trin is not coughing towards everyone. I'm trying to smoke. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to cough into my elbow. I feel nice. I feel good. I guess I feel something now. Alright, we can start. So I guess... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So I guess, like, I feel good. I feel nice. I feel good. We can now talk about shit that pisses us off because it's good because we're about to laugh at it. Okay, I feel like it always hits me, and I like look around and I'm like, okay, I think I'm actually high. Yeah, yeah. but it's never like immediate by any means. Well, this one is super subtle. This one is subtle. Watch out! It's a creeper. Love those. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you do. I feel like less nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't notice it happening. Sweetie, how many times have you gotten high doing this? Mm, I get contact a lot. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm probably going to be high from this. A little bit. Not too high. Not as high as y'all. But. I mean, who minds it, though? No, I don't mind. It's a good time to be getting high these days. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. Life sucks. You know what fucking sucks? Work really fucking sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. extra hard these days. Yeah, do you feel like COVID makes work extra sucky yeah yeah absolutely yeah um working in a collaborative environment and not being able to be close to people is it's hard like you read a lot out of people's emotions and like you also body language body language and getting to talk to them and having like context for all interactions for the rest of the day is super important and you forget how you don't get those anymore and you don't know but like Wait, you think, like, that, like, not kind of face-to-face human interaction, because we're now just, like, a lot of things doing shit through email and text or whatever, like, that's why we're also becoming angrier, because you just read shit the way that you want it? Yes, and you don't have the context, and, like, you don't have the patience to get the context anymore, because you're just like, we're all going through it, so you should be more sympathetic, I think. Do you, okay, but do you think that like elsewhere. working off of Zoom get, makes people think they like gives them permission to like be shittier? 
Dude. Does that even make sense what I just said? What do you mean? <laughs> like, well, I was saying through text, but actually uh, I was having this conversation with someone else today about, like, why the fuck do I have to be on video and Zoom? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. can't it just be, like, a regular old speaker call and just, like, that's it. it. Like, so why, like, why do you have to see my well, face? The like, screenshotting. Like, this specific is... little thumbnails of people. I do. I creep on specific I people. Of course. Um, I turned off my camera for a week and I got so many emails like, you good? Are you okay? You fine? And I'm really? like, I am eating breakfast in my underwear. I am perfectly fine. I'm just not turning my camera on because I don't have any pants on. <laughs> <laughs> because the Zoom is on your pants. <laughs> you called me out on a fucking Zoom for not having my camera on, which I was like, what the fuck, dude? When did I call you? A camera is a privilege. It's not it, a right. It was, Wait, what about those filters? Have anyone successfully used them? Because I, I tried to and it wouldn't work and I gave up. I feel, my first one, my computer is from like the year two. I know what year it is. Oh, yeah, I do know what year it is. <laughs> It's the most trash year of the fucking is, new decade. She is coming for her things. You know what is depressing is I really thought, I was like, new decade. It's a new start for like a new just decade. Like, don't look at 2021. Like, look forward. And now I'm like, God, God, no. You know what's crazy? Like, I had a, I had a terrible New Year's. And I feel like I told all you guys separately about it. But like, I went to Rome and it was not fun because like, I didn't know that it's like a two-day city, and I so I stayed there for like eight days. Wait, and uh, I should have known. Like this, it was a red flag because I got there on like New Year's Eve, and we asked around uh, me and my friend who went, and we could not find one thing to do on New Year's Eve. They were just like, "Yeah, we just we like fireworks, and you know, you go home, and like there's parties. We're like, where are the parties? Where are the parties? Like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the parties. We went to a bodega, got this like warm prosecco, and then went back to our room. Put it on ice for like 10 minutes and listen to a best of 2010 Spotify playlist. And that was how I rang in 2020. And then there was like a bomb. It sounded like a bomb was deployed. I have a oh, video crazy. of it. It was the loudest firework I've ever heard in my life. Oh, it <laughs> actually stopped. Um, and then every car alarm in the neighborhood went off. But that was the beginning of the decade for me. So I was like, it can only go up from here. <sighs> <laughs> Oof, man, that was a really know. low bar. That I was like, hold like, oh, on, <laughs> oh, that's not. Somehow it's gotten worse. It keeps getting continuously worse, and it's so hard to like not talk oh. about it. It's just your life. It's like interesting though, because like now everyone's sem- somehow self-aware more now. Are they? I don't Is know. everyone? Uh, and look, there are some, some people, people are just fucking delusional. They try to prove that they are, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Self-aware in what way? Um, just like, like, like all the shit that's happening. With oh yeah, some history. people are trying to like learn yeah, the police. and try to like yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything. Like, We're learning. Yeah. A lot. I already forgot what For I was sure. talking about. I wonder if it's because <laughs> no people about? don't have anything else to focus on. Like, if you don't have a job, you don't have any pastimes because, like, you can't go to the bars anymore, you can't do sports, you can't go to the gym. Like, all the stuff people used to do and then do after work is gone. All you have is time to sit with your thoughts. Yeah. No, and then, so there's that level where it's, like, like people as persons. But Mm -hmm. then, like, in, like, the business world or what have you, like, companies trying to prove... You know, that they're not racist. So I have, I have <laughs> That's a, not a good theory thing. about that, which is 
they don't they no longer have a marketing calendar because the typically shared cultural consciousness has been wiped off the books. So the sports and events that we used to uh, enjoy yeah. Yeah. and like rally around and plan our campaigns around no longer exist. So they have to stay relevant. And there was a way to stay relevant for a short period of time. And that was like clinging onto a movement that they might not even necessarily agree with just so that their brand said something dur- during the last like three to four months. And also won't get canceled in the future for not having said something regardless of how oh, they yeah. feel. Because there's so many so brands that like, get called out immediately like, Black Lives Matter. Oh, oh. Well, I heard you. I heard you did. Like it's. It was. It was performative to get something out, but they don't mm-hmm. mean it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any brand. But so do you know, but that's wait. That's like exactly what Microsoft got in shit for. Yeah, literally. So many. Brands. They found just quick background. Yeah, please. Microsoft had wanted to do a project. They wanted to do a mural in their like Fifth Ave store. Yes. I forgot which store it was. I'm pretty sure though, like there in New York. And so they reached out to a black muralist in... No, she in, wasn't the only one either. Oh, she wasn't? Well, the it's email just, that was, like, presented, like, that everyone saw was specifically from her. Yeah. And sh- it was just, like, the girl from the agency. I know who it is. Yeah, well, we know who it is, which is the oh. crazy part. I was, I was like, what is this person's position? Is oh, she we like, know her. Is she, like, a producer or a just social like, person? Dude, right what? when I heard about it, I was like, I know this, huh. I know this girl. Yeah, Tran and, like, another... <laughs> person we work with <laughs> called it out immediately and i was like, like oh yeah but so but guess what she never got fired she reached they out layoffs, just to finish she reached out to this muralist to say hey we want to do this mural for black lives matter while it's still I relevant and topical uh-huh. by sunday by sunday mm-hmm. are you in like whatever price like something i mean not whatever price but like you know basically that they would pay a nice amount and and yeah, and like she was like, "This is what's fucked about corporate yeah. America," and like put it on black everyone. They're fucking. Mu- I mean, of course, of course, no, no, it's what makes people that we were like. They sent in- the same email to like three other artists. Mm-hmm. So the other artists with the same fucking message. That email was also <clears throat> super familiar. Like it wasn't in a professional tone by any means. Yeah, and it's like I wonder if you would have approached a white artist in the same way with the same thing. Like, uh, while it's hot, let's do it. Yeah. It's so Ugh, wild. Gross. It's a weird thing so, to navigate in the workplace now. Yeah. Well, so now I'm just be. like wondering. No, like, it yeah. should be How serious? Be able but to I'm say saying an advertising. But now yeah. do you think that peop- like companies are going to actually, actually change and try to do something in, like in the inside? I think that it is now a liability to a workplace or corporation to actively employ racist sexist people full stop like and like as long as they can suppress that information they'll be fine but like everybody keeps receipts everybody has screenshots everybody has like an instagram from a shitty halloween party like everybody has that stuff and so i feel like it's not a it's not a if it's like a when will they be canceled and then potentially uncanceled but like I mean, but, like, have you seen any evidence yet? Like, do, or do you feel things have pretty much been the same and then um, just, like, people well, talking? Well, I, I am barring somebody's login for ad age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there refreshing the I'm Man, refreshing I'm the page. Again. <laughs> I've seen, like, so many, um, I've seen so many agencies where it's, like, 
there was a there was a thing and like um there was there was a a CD ECD of an agency who had done blackface for a um I don't even know why and it looks so bad it's it's on Ad Age or Ad Week one of them it, it's still there like it's deleted off of the, his Instagram but like it's still out in the ether. Wait, when did he delete it? Like yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> he deleted it when the article came out. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Um, but not before, and it had been up for like five years. Just so all it's like of you it, didn't just care until you got called out about yeah. it. Um and thought he looked good and looked quite awful, like actually looked terrible. No, it's like fucking insane what's happening. I'm saying okay, so for us, like in advertising like you said, it's something that like now fucking clients are like, I want to rally behind this. I'm like, bro, you don't really actually want to rally behind this. Yeah. You want to rally behind the moment so mm-hmm. that you can capitalize on it. It's the way that I look at it. So I have a really hard time thinking a lot of it comes from a genuine place unless they're actually doing something actionable. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I um, I was volunteering to help like mentor young talent of color to bring them into the, the industry. Like We have this thing called MAPE. Uh, I forget what it stands for. Multicultural Advertising Internship Program. Every time I see that word, Perhaps. I think of vape. Uh, <laughs> that just pops up. My- they, um, <laughs> they, they told us about the program this year. Like, this is my first year being a mentor for it. And, and I didn't participate when I was in school. So I was, like, very new to it. They were like, yeah. Um, we lost 90% of our agency participation this year. So, like, 90% of these, like, 500 students don't have um, any jobs. So this will be all they have, which is like mm-hmm. weekly Zoom mentorship sessions. But here's what happened. All those agencies, I looked at their pages, their Instagrams, all the agencies who had like cut intern budgets for the summer. I looked at their Instagram when Black Lives Matter happened. They all had like a black square up in their Instagrams. Like, we're going to do this. And I'm like, so where's this money for the interns? Because I'm positive that the $500,000 you donated could have paid for several interns, mm-hmm. and that's how you actually give back to a community. It's, it's not just lip service and a fucking Instagram post. Yeah. It's insane how much money they spend to show how much they care. Right. As opposed to, like, actually We're providing the that. Yes. Things. Like, the, yeah, that amount for the actual cost. That could have paid for so many yeah. people. It reminds me of the Golden Girls episode when um Blanche finds the bonds from Rose's hometown. Man, I want to watch Golden Girls then never it's seen it. So it's like it's my favorite. <laughs> I could probably put on a stage play for any episode you want. Just let me know. But why do why why is it so amazing? It, I've never seen it, why, so I don't know. Let me finish the story. I'll circle oh, back. Yeah, I okay. have because I have some I have I have some things. Okay. Um Blanche finds the bonds from Rose's hometown, which is like this hamlet in um Minnesota. And they, it's valued at like $50,000. And Rose is like, you can't cash me. You're going to bankrupt the city, blah, blah, blah. You're going to bankrupt the city. You can't cash them. So Blanche finally like rips them apart after some consideration. And she's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. We're going to build a statue in the town in your honor. She's like, wait, wait, wait. Where's the money for the statue coming from? And she's like, oh, every single penny is going to come from our $100,000 statue fund. <laughs> and it's just like, wait, why can't you just like, it's the same thing. It's like you were worried about the wrong things with your money. Well, that's that circle back very well. Surprisingly, oh, like, typically yeah. my stories don't 
Close. Oh. That did well. <laughs> yeah. You know, Maybe. it's hard to track when you're high. I know. I'm having I just a hard time. I'm asking a question. I don't remember Which what you... you're answering. The Golden Girls is amazing, though. Oh, just I need to watch it. I love That's very efficient. No, I like feel yeah. like I keep missing <laughs> all the references. It's so you know what I mean? good. I just don't. I hear the name Blanche, and that's all I remember. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do a check-in. How's everybody feeling? <laughs> um, I'm pretty smiley. I'm good. I'm, I'm like, I'm like half tracking. I feel like we're all a little ADD. I'm tracking. Oh, totally. I have ADD, most likely, undiagnosed. <laughs> I do. Are you sure? I don't think. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, oh. like, I go through deep moments of focus for like 10 minutes, but like the rest of the day is just me trying to complete one task. Ah. Like, I'll make my breakfast at 8 and I won't finish it till like 11. Because it'll you just be sitting breakfast. there and I'm like, okay, well, alright. Wow. I do. It's sad. Like, it's really, really sad. No, you know what? I don't, I wouldn't call it ADD. I would be like, thinking, <laughs> this is, I just, I talking. I just realized, even if we just continue on tangents, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> this episode never about gets a little bit of point until, like, the end of it. Because that's the kind of weird it is. I feel like somebody's okay. going to have a really poignant thesis statement and then mic drop. No, <laughs> not really. That's a very nice mic. These are beautiful. But you know, like, how you hate. You can have multiple versions of yourself at any given moment because of the timelines. Yes. You So you watched that quantum physics video too, didn't you? No. Okay. There's, oh, cool. That sounds smart. There's a quantum, <laughs> I'll send it to you. There's this quantum physics video that's explained by a drag queen who's a quantum <gasps> physicist. Oh, no. Talking about the binary of gender. It's like you can exist as, di- as different people across all Amazing. these different continuums. It came out like a day ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Timely. Look at you. That's what I'm saying. We're living in different times but at the same time. So it's all happening at the same time. I wonder what the other Your past, your future, your right now. Ooh. So they probably... That's why it took you a whole day. Oh, oh my God, that's scary. Because you, you had... You experienced your whole day while you were... That's terrifying because now I'm thinking about, breakfast. like, the people I'm going to meet in the future. What are they doing right now? Sweet hell. That would be they? really complicated when you involve other people. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's your future, But that's right? part of it, yeah. That's your future, so it's like, oh, gosh. No, and then the, those futures have infinite... Yeah. What have you... Loops. It, I mean, it's like choices. This is a lot. Yeah. Infinite choices. Alright. <laughs> Guys, this, this weed is very, I mean, full of tangents. We've not yet even gotten to what we want to talk about. <laughs> it's I don't, like a maze. It's a maze. maze but, I see, but I see like the, like, you know, like the little piece of cheese at the end. But I just don't know how to get there right now because I'm just high as There's shit. There's so many ways to get there. It's like so a, it's many a fun journey. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy totally. the trip. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? Even if you don't get there yet, <laughs> it's all good. It's the destination. Wait, so, okay. Yeah, it's the journey. Wait, no, it's, it's the journey. journey. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, our topic today was why we were ice <laughs> to begin with. What? Um, how, like, how many times have you, like, been in a job interview and you're like, oh, I definitely got this because of having ovaries and, like, the way I look? Wait, how, how many times have I thought I got a job? Because no, of, like, when you're sitting in an well, interview. I got a job. No, just an interview. Just any interview. 
That you got like, the interview because of it? Yeah, like, like were they like, uh, did they choose me because they're of a quota number? Or, like, how much, like, uh, do you ever question yourself? Have you, how many times have you questioned your abilities? Like, why am I here? And then you think, oh, I'm here because I fit a quota. Oh, because you look around like you don't see anybody else like you? I don't know, or it's just, I don't know. It's, I, I feel like I've always been used to not seeing anyone like, that looks like me, mm-hmm. so I never, it's just something I got used to, but it's like just that feeling of imposter syndrome, more so, not because of anything external, mm-hmm. but like, oh, you know what I mean? It's like when you... I, like, I mean, I don't know. I came into this industry kind of stupid. I was definitely nervous during my first interview because like I had used my last money um, to move to I spent my last like four hundred dollars on my like thousand dollar credit card limit to buy a plane ticket to DC and I like stayed with my brother over the summer and I commuted from DC to New York to interview um at agencies. And um when I I don't know, when I got to the office for the first interview that I did, like where I ended up working, it was pretty diverse, honestly there were at least two black men and I feel really bad because like I confused them for a long time but they were both like dark skin bald and went to the same school and they had known each other for 20 years so they talked alike and they still do to this day but they will never admit it and they're friends now but I did not know them then and I kept confusing them until one like he cursed me out a little bit um but the there were no black women yeah, there were those two black men. I'm trying to. I'm really trying to think if there were others. It might have just been us three. Out of how many people? I just went for eighty out of eighty people in, in New York City, no less. Yeah, I, know, I, feel, I feel like I'm leaving. So, oh no, there was a controller in finance who was black. Um. And eventually, there was another person in the accounting department that was also black, and they brought in like a black social strategist, another one, and they brought in like what's well, like no eventually. black creatives. Um, ooh, Jesus! So I was there for two years, and it was like the tail end of my second year. They brought in another person, another black woman. Um, there were no black account. Well, when women. you were there, though, like with other women coworkers, like. Was, was like, everyone friends? Or everyone was competitive? No. It wasn't a competitive thing. They, it, this agency was known for, like, not even having junior people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was never, like, junior on paper in terms of title. But I was the youngest person there, for sure. And I was doing social media, so everybody always assumed I was much younger than I was. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say it was competitive. Like, I made some of my best friends there because, like, we all commiserated. Because we weren't making that much money. And so, like, we would stay afterwards for, like, free dinner. And, like, to hang out because we were young in New York City. Um, but, I yeah, so I never really felt it because, like, I never really knew what we were doing. Because it was also, like, back then, now they are, but back then they weren't traditional advertising agency. They did a ton of, like, special projects. And they were um, doing things, like, very interesting media. And, like, they had just done, like, this really cool thing. Um with this band in England where he had like debuted a kit 
for um, Nike on his chest. I don't know if we could say that, but like, it was like one of the first projects they had taken from like our agency now, and so it was like, oh, they're on their way to doing cool things. Not anymore. Now they just do straight ads. Um, <clears throat> but back then it was like I remember walking up to um, one of the the creatives, and I was like, what do you do? He's like, I make the ads. And I'm like, you guys make ads here? That's crazy. Is that what we do? I had no idea where I worked and what I did, like where I fit in the funnel. So I, I never really felt that because like I had come in with a degree in marketing and I also had a grad degree in design. So I was like, okay, well, shit, if anybody deserves to be here, it's me. Um, and I've kind of kept Amazing. that same energy yeah. the whole time. Yeah, I've always felt like, don't want to get found out or whatever, like... Like, yeah. Oh well, I guess I'm still here because no one has asked me to leave yet. <laughs> that was my whole attitude, my whole career. Oh no, <laughs> that's a good. Me- that's a good name for a memoir, though. What? I guess I'm still here because no one has asked me. To leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name for a book. <laughs> Honestly, like Accurate. I do feel like, yeah, like I feel like I worked for myself. Like, at every agency. Like, yeah. You become, like, a one-woman show? No, it's just, like, if I need anything, I have to find it. Like, oh, if yeah. I want to make more yeah. money, then I'll leave and go You have to fight money. for what you want. In but, every like, regard. no, but it makes me realize, like, every time I got promoted was because I decided to quit and go somewhere better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was never promoted. Like, I was actually never fucking promoted. Really? Yeah. Maybe I was. Wait. Go junior <clears throat> mid, but I'm not really. No, I don't know. I was promoted I don't, I don't, once. Nothing like... And it was sad. I feel like that would be something you would celebrate, and I don't Wait, remember any celebration. Yeah. You know what was fucked? You remember. I got promoted at the same time as my old partner, and he got more money than me. <gasps> remember? That's fucked up. It's pretty... In, like, blatant. same amount of work. And that's... I mean, that's something that's a real fucking slap in the face on a regular basis of being a woman. Yeah, all of it always just is a woman fucked. thing. But then I slowly no, realize now it's, it's more complicated than no, that. I guess, yeah. We used to think it was just a woman thing, and then we're like, oh, shit, there's a lot deeper into this. I remember there was this dude, and again, like, he's my friend now, um, but, like... I I had been there for like two, maybe one and a half years when he got hired. Doing we were doing the exact same job. In fact, the work that I did got him his job because it was like social. We were the first. I was the first person managing a social client. So like they used all of the work that I did to bring in the business from other places and other um, clients. But anyways, he got hired making like more money than I did two years after I had already been there. I will never forget that shit. Dude, I have not as appalling as that, but like there was, I was, uh, when I moved back to New York and my first job was like, I was uh, hired as a junior and then this other guy, he got hired too at the same time and then we became friends and then I found out he made more than me and that was my moment and I was like, fuck this, never letting this happen again. Mm. Like, yeah, uh, I wonder, like, it's. Yeah, I guess we just all three just told our own fucking version of the there story. There are, and, the, and yeah, and the worst part, yeah, and the thing is, like, we've all experienced but it, happened it young, separately. Or it happened early. It happened early, but I'm yeah. saying, but wait, hold on, we've all experienced it separately, and then you and I as a team have experienced it together, it just, 
like it's not slowing down and it's not stopping. Yeah. Is my issue with it. Is it like I feel very much so that I have to fight a lot of the time and be vocal for what I want. But then at the end, but then there's that other side of it of like, fuck, if you're too vocal, you got a target on your back. Right. And you're someone to watch. As well you should be. Watch out, bitch. Move. Like, right. I'm doing the work. There's a reason I want this. But like, I, that's what the frustrating thing is. Like, there's never as much scrutiny applied to white men doing the exact same, making no. the exact same money and producing significantly less output. Mm-hmm. Never. And they are never scared to ask for more money even when they don't deserve it, when they don't do the job, when there's shit at the job that they actually do. Like, they aren't scared. And I think that's kind of what empowers me to, like, ask for what I want yeah to an extent to the extent that I do which is not probably as much as I should I should raise a lot more hell than I do Shuna's the one that taught me to raise more hell for for like know your dollar yeah like she was like know your fucking words when they ask you when they ask you what you make and how much you want don't fucking answer that shit yeah fierce bitch over here like don't like people are setting you up you know, because they don't think you know any better. Right. And most people don't. And they're, like, so simple. Like, like even when I found out, holy shit, I can negotiate. And then, like, and then I started negotiating. And then I countered. And then they were like, okay. And I'm like, fuck, I lowballed myself. Because <laughs> they said okay right away. Yeah. And so, like, slowly learning how to do it. And then also something we learned along the way was, you know, you should call them out on their bias before they get biased. Yeah. So, like, we were interviewing and they asked us how much we wanted, like they always do. Right. And we're like, well, we want to be paid a uh, fair market value. Careful so what you wish for. Yeah, though. so <laughs> our position was fair. And so now it's on them not to look like idiots and lowball us. Yeah. So we had another situation where we, like, got an offer. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we would love to hire you. Here's the number and where we normally would negotiate we were just like okay (laughs) let's do it yeah and then they come back to us a few days later and they're like oh wait just kidding uh here's this lower number and this is our offer what a mess and we're both like how did that happen i don't know but i I thought we had it got blamed on pay parity which is interesting but anyway but it's not a new law it's like like it exists in other states and yeah. like it's, it's it's just an excuse. It's not unfamiliar, and yeah. it's it's definitely an and excuse. they make you you they actually like literally make you feel like you, you're less valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the bottom line was was we weren't gonna lie down and take that massive cut so easily, mm-hmm. and uh, and oh, so yeah. we didn't. We had we had to put well, together we still got sadly. Less than their first offer. We still we That's still their first offer. We still got less than their first <laughs> offer, but you know what? Fuck it. I will say. Had we just rolled over and taken that offer and like fine packet like for that pay cut, like I wouldn't. I don't know that I would have respected us as much for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like wow. Oh, yeah. So like the fact that we like still fought for whatever minuscule amount it was to me is like I respect them more because they were like fuck it, no, you're not gonna even. It's it's still being treated like shit no, at the end of the day. It sounds like what you're saying is if you're gonna fuck me, fuck me this way. Not no, but way. I no no hold on. I don't mean it that way. I just mean like. I have, I would have, like, this much more, like, okay, like, they're going to put up a fight. It's, like... Or we're just, we're not dumb. 
We're not dumb. Yeah, or even that. Like, they're intelligent enough. Like, they even, like, fine, I wasn't enough, but it was the principle of what was going on. Mm-hmm. I would say it was that. It was, the, print, it was the bottom line. Yeah. And I would love to know, like, what it was like to be on the other side, like, receiving our pushback. Me too. Like, I would love to know how you make a mistake like that. Or were they trying to tell it? Were they trying to phase us out? Were they trying to be like, "Hey, this is ridiculous." That's maybe a quick phase out. Maybe they don't want to work here. <laughs> Here's the way. To oh, oh, not, like, not that we just men. turned down no. the offer. Yeah. Oh, so then, uh, then that's a master fucking mind game because if you think about it, they wouldn't think it. that we would come and push back. And then we did push back, and they're like, actually, throw them a fucking bone, give them that, and then we'll bring them in. And it, it'll sound like we did try to recruit. Oh my god, it reminds me of like free the bid, which is like that is that is the most performative act of feminism for a company. Free the bid. Free the bid. Yeah, because where you have to bid one female director out of three. And in order to be inclusive, but then it becomes a throwaway. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I want to go true. with this director, so we'll just pick someone else so they can still pick the two dudes. Yeah. And, it's true. Yeah. That's like, crazy. Just, but it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, we've talked about this every time we've looked at directors for spots. It sucks because you don't see, like, are there a bunch of female directors who have done a ton of comedy? There are more now, of course. Oh, yeah, comedy. We have That's such another. a hard time whenever we write comedy, like, finding, and it's not. Because they don't do it and women aren't funny. Absolutely not. It's because of the fucking opportunity. No, because right. everything is based on doesn't the, exist. Yeah, everything is based on the real. Yeah. But how can you have anything on your real if you never even get a chance to show how funny you are? We yeah. get that in advertising because like half our reels are like, oh, here's some emo shit. Cause the, we're you know, the funny thing is like when we started this, <laughs> fucking when we like for, when Sarah first uh, brought up this podcast to me, like, and proposed that we did it together. I was just like, oh shit, are we, am I even funny? Like, are people going to want to listen to us? Like, are we, I was questioning, are we funny? You know what I mean? How dare you I, I don't know, because like, between, <laughs> between us, we, we think we're funny, but like, do other people think we're funny, you know? So that was something like, up until a couple months ago, I was like, I don't even know if I'm a funny, if I'm funny. But it's not, it's just like, who gives a, like, well, it's mean, just, just like the whole overall, thing is like, like the, I could never do comedy, she, yeah. or whatever it was, you know what I mean? You were always just worried of like, can we do comedy, can we do this, because like, I got told while I was at my one <laughs> agency, CD at an agency, <laughs> thank you, uh, the, uh, and it was when I was a junior, when I was like fresh out of high school, he looked at me, laughed in my face, and said, who taught you how to write? <laughs> Must have been a woman, like shit like that. What's, it's hard having those kinds of people decide what's funny and what's going... Because at the end of the day, we're fucking putting out pop culture. But, like, and we're telling people to buy it and yeah. buy into it. And, like, if the people making those decisions happen to be, like, old white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like... We're the ones with a fresh fucking perspective and take, but, like, they're not going to see our sense of humor because they've got such an old-school sense of one that, like, how can we change or do anything different in the market or pop culture? Of course it's going to fucking be the same and boring and all the same Right, and they're going to buy what they're familiar with. Yeah. Clients are also the same people. Yeah, it's all the same people. Off the chain, everybody, the network is rigged. And even the women that are in it, are like adapting just trying that, to yeah yeah adapt in that sense of humor. Well, because they know it's what sells, right? And like at the end of the day, you do want to have work in the book. Yeah. But at what cost? Yeah, dude. I feel like 
there's a, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of women that will gladly be like, turn their, turn their fucking back to other women. Like, in the workplace. I've seen that. I've had, I've had, I've had so many more problems with women in advertising than men. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always like the same thing. And it's always the same type of person too. It's just like, it's like this, um, what is it called? Self-importance that is cloaked in empathy. So you think they care, but they, they really don't care about anything but themselves, mm-hmm. but under the guise of like caring about you too. Um, but at the end of the day, like they don't necessarily want to help you. Like they'll take what you tell them and use it against you later. Like, remember when you said you need some help with this? Well, if you can't, if you can't handle the workload, then don't worry about it. We just might need to find something new for you to do. And I'm like, well, fuck off. I'm doing five things. I'm doing the work of five people. So maybe you should address that. Yeah. Jerk. I know. Why do women have to, women have to be enemies? It's like, why? Yeah, we're supposed to, like, support each other. But it's really hard because, I mean, we've talked about this when we've dealt with it. We've only had, like, we have two very special female CDs back in New York who we love. Ooh, we will forever. we will shout out to them, Susan and Daniela. Fuck yeah, we yeah. love them. Um, but like in general, uh, working with like female superiors has been hard because mm-hmm. especially especially when they don't fucking look anything like us or are anything like culturally anything like us. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand that we might be a jarring pair. Actually, I can't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just who we are. But I guess for someone who's not used to this much flavor between the both of us. (laughs) No. Uh, Like, I I don't know. It's it's really hard. The best work that Sarah and I, as advertising partners, have done were with two enabling women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, otherwise. They brought us up. Yeah, they didn't try to compete with us or degrade us. Or, or like, try and. They just tried to they bring us up. They genuinely cared. And, like, we were... They were supportive. They were supportive. We felt like we could be ourselves, and we learned to trust ourselves. They were amazing mentors in a and lot yeah, of And, yeah, that was, like, legit the Aww. best work we've ever done. Was 100%. With them. Was and with that's them. how I know I'm not crazy that you need the environment for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like that was the closest thing I ever had to a mentor. I agree. Yeah. I heard this. I don't remember where. Um, but it's like a quote. It says, like, there's two types of women in the, in the industry. And I guess this could apply to multiple industries. But it's like women who had it hard and wanted to make it just as hard for the generation below them. And women who had it hard and want to make it just as or easier for the next generation. And it's literally there is no in between. In my experience, it's yeah. very much one well, or the other. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I have definitely seen... The that like that's it. That's all that I've seen. There's mm-hmm. no in between. It is like you're either gonna make this, you're either gonna bring me up with you to like keep this movement going and see the importance of it, or you're just gonna fucking try and take me down because you see me as a threat. Yeah, I'm a threat to you now. Well, they sound mm-hmm. like they're all Karens. What? They sound like they're all Karens because they're just so threatened of losing their position and yeah. their safety net. The thing that they so-called work so hard for <laughs> right? that makes them entitled, mm-hmm. then they're just Karens. <laughs> that their whiteness got them to the finish line. And they're mostly white, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Oh, I want to tell a story. 
Okay, tell the story. Okay, so like Sarah and I, we uh, we like worked so much at this agency we were at. We were like desperate, and so somebody was like, "Oh, have you ever had a vitamin B twelve shot?" Or like, "Oh my god, life changing." We would do it every other week, and then we started doing the IV bags. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> yeah, we got hardcore. <laughs> Fucking 72 hours straight. Oh my god. You guys have been up for 72 hours? Yeah, oh, yo. Insane. I had to prove that. And we were like time zones away. <clears throat> time zones away. I was presenting to Europe in on LA time at 4 a.m. Trin said my eyeballs were shaking. <laughs> they didn't even like my eyelids didn't close and I was just like. But this is before Zoom, so that's no one really knows. good context for living the story. <laughs> yeah. Y'all yeah. the lead. Jesus. So anyway, we went. We're like fuck. We we haven't slept for seventy two hours, and we're 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 <coughs> we're about to shoot this commercial. How are we gonna survive? <laughs> <laughs> so we go to a revive, right, LA? Yeah. And like not cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> not for B twelve. They have one of those here, and I wanted to go. <coughs> so wait. So back to revive LA. Um, <laughs> uh, me and Sarah like. Oh wait, yeah, you were first, right? No, you were first. Remember? <laughs> That's why we were we were there. Like we we're like, fuck it, we're gonna get the IV, like the royal flush, like everything. What's in the royal flush? It's like it's it's called the royal flush is like what they made specifically for hangovers. Like this is where hangover and you started. Oh. It's like, everything no. that takes away your hangover, and I mean like the most brutal hangover. Think about a Vegas bender. Lots of drugs and alcohol Damn. within three hours. Yeah, like started over there. <laughs> so basically, Trent and I are like, hit us with whatever cures all. But it has like, what do you remember what it has in it? It had like a ton of vitamin C, a ton of like Advil or like ibuprofen, stomach and then the medicines. Skin thing. Oh yeah, glutathione. Oh yeah, glutathione. Oh, that'll yeah. give you a nice glow. Uh-huh. Dude, mm-hmm. that makes you look. Makes you look phenomenal. Yeah. Makes you look like you never drank. That's what I was looking for when I found the spot in Portland. Uh, yeah, because I found out Angel Best to get some done. Yeah. We're not actually talking about the. the had glutathione, had a lot of other drugs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we went there and we're like, two IVs, please. We're <laughs> <laughs> <For> here. <laughs> and so, you know, the people that work there are like off duty nurses or nurses with part time jobs, I guess. And uh, so, like, well, I guess, like, she let both of us in the room to find out the dates. And then uh, we both know we have small veins. <laughs> and so she uses, she's like, oh, I'm using a really small needle. And then she just, like, puts it into my left arm. And then, like, it's so fucking painful. It's, that's not it. <laughs> so she's like, oh, let me try the other arm. And then there's five minutes of Pokemon. She couldn't fucking find it. And she poked it too much. It was unusable. You turned this like a fucking joke. So she was like, um, should we just do Sarah first? And then I was like, okay, cool. Wait, no, sorry. She was like, she poked my right arm for five minutes and like poked it way too much that it was unusable. And so then she's like, can't try your other arm again. And then I was like, in my mind, I was like, at which point do you tell them to stop? But I said yes. <laughs> and then like, uh, <laughs> Trin's just looking at me like oh opening and closing her fist. Oh and I'm God. just looking at this I think disaster. we took a break, right? Because then we went you to took you. took a break. <laughs> 
She got me, and I had real thin jumpy no, things too. Then they finally gave us like butterfly needles. Yeah, they gave it. Yeah, but it, we had to. I, I kept asking. I'm like, so the butterfly thing, like the tiniest. But but that was kind of great because that was your story of just like this is work. This is like like, this is advertising. When do you say? When do you you tell them just stop? (laughs) (laughs) But you just sit there like an addict, like one more time. I guess the question is related to advertising. At which point do you just stop working in advertising? Yeah. Like at which point do you say I don't fuck this shit? I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And nope, I just keep trying to poke my arm. And look like a heroin addict mm-hmm. until I find it. What a metaphor! So many levels. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's a really good question. Uh, most people will either like go client side or go off and start their own thing. It's like death by a thousand cuts. It, it is. Really is. And how do you want to go? Do you want to leave on your own, or do you? You want to like, age out? Do you, you want to yeah. relevance out? Because I feel like the you thing is, canceled. yeah, you got options in twenty twenty. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It, oh it, yeah, like at which point do you move on, or mm-hmm. do you just let them keep coming? I think you? you gotta take the applicable skills that you learned and apply them to another industry. But like, I so but then are all industries kind of gonna end up the same way too? No, maybe most of them, right? I think that there's gonna. It well, like the movie industry, it's pretty fucked. It's pretty, yeah. It's yeah. Pretty yeah. Advertising. Um, yeah. What about like fashion? Like, I don't know anything about. Oh, like, it's probably industry. significantly worse because they're also like uh, overtly racist. Yeah. Oh. Overtly at all points in the process, from the production to the runways to the what editorial to the, yeah, it's terrible. It's like it's even worse tokenism than like. In, I mean, more tokenism than any other industry, really. Really? Like, why? Yeah. Like, how? Which is wild, because, like, a lot of the muses are, like, women of color that they steal style from. But then, you know, like, it, it only became, like, a thing to have, you have to have, like, at least one black person going down your runway, like, a couple of seasons ago, when people just started to raise, like, such a fuss, as, the, as well they should, that there weren't any. For these like major brands. Wow, I don't know anything about the fashion world, like. Like in in that deep of it. Yeah. It's like to even get an internship, like you, most of them are unpaid. Most internships in yeah. fashion are still unpaid, and that's like one of the few industries where it's like they haven't come for them yet, but they very well should because in that that leaves only people who can afford to work there, you know, all times of day, and not yeah. earn an income anywhere else. That's um, super time. true. Ooh, yeah, just so the treatment of people is just gross. Yeah, that's why I got out of the industry. It was a large part of it. I worked at, I had two internships at the same time. One at like this place called La Rock. They're like defunct, um, but it was like pretty much thought club wear. But I was like the embroiderer for the, the uh, production samples. So I would embroider the samples and I would take them <laughs> oh, over to like. Embroider? So cool. I can do. A lot of handiwork, handicrafts. Um, I'm, I'm trying to buy me a knitting machine over the weekend, like to make my own yarn. And I'm like, no, thank you, mom. Like, I'm not gonna do that. But um, she was like, you don't want to live like your own little house in the prairie. And I'm like, 
No. <laughs> That's her favorite show. Um, but And then I also interned at this other company that was, like, up and coming. They had just been featured in a documentary. They had just lost, like, the Vogue, like, um, new designer prize. But they had just gotten a collaboration with, like, Target. And they had collaborated with Damien Hurst because they were really close with him. Um, and they were the most pleasant people that I've probably ever worked for. It was a really small team. We all liked each other. And they were very, very sweet. Um, and... That was when I was like, okay, if I'm ever going to work in this industry, this was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm probably going to have to go out and do it myself because otherwise I'm, I'm going to be working for assholes. Because the first company that I worked for where they were like complete dicks, like they paid like so much money because like they're they were like Macy's and like uh, they had a diffusion line for like Barney's and like Bergdorf's and all these places so they could pay way more than like the mom and pop place but like because of that they were complete assholes and I was like I don't ever want to work in mass fashion flick so you got into that so I got <laughs> which would you which is not as overt no yeah at <laughs> no. least it's the creative corner of corporate America yeah. so like it's like we don't have the to wear suits are veiled yeah, like, we don't have to casual Fridays every day. Yeah. Like, I know summer Fridays. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, like, you know, because we work for corporations, we still work for, like, our clients are corporations. Yeah. If you get a small one that's, like, so lucky and beautiful and wonderful, if someone, a small client can even, like, afford advertising at the moment right now mm-hmm. but it's like not a lot but it's like it's so fucked like you big clients are just everyone's fucked mm-hmm. but like it's all it's all corporate america it's all the same people it's all the same shit it's all the at same the thing. best like when when i've seen our industry at the best it's really fun me too and you get to some cool stuff you get to meet some cool people like we all work together we probably wouldn't have met each other otherwise but that's I, a good thing i know i just feel like our best time was like straight up pre-Trump. Oh, absolutely. Like, we did so much cool shit because everyone was on board with it. Yeah. Then, fucking that stupid Cheeto came into power. It's like a hellscape. And, like... We can't leave. No one wants us. We have no friends. There's another universe where none of this shit happens. America has no friends. Imagine. But when time split... Wouldn't you love to go there right now? I want to see what it's like. I don't think there's a pandemic. It's like yeah, it sounds like blue skies perfection. There might like, still be a pandemic, but it might be like taken care of, and we wouldn't be banned from Europe. We wouldn't be well, yeah, we wouldn't be banned because we wouldn't have banned them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, guys, Cece is actually snoring right next to me, which tells me it may be time to wrap up. <laughs> uh, and so I just want to do one final review of this. Lovely weed. We're smoking ice queen again. Deep That's Creek. from Deep Creek. Oh, wait. This is another one. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you think overall? Um, I mean, it was fun because we weren't going in a straight line. But I did forget <laughs> what we were talking about. I had, like, short-term memory loss. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. It was it was good. It was really good. Like, I'm, I'm like, up for the next five, six hours. Not only because I have work to do, I'm just like, I'm not tired anymore. So it makes you feel energized. A little bit, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think I'm at like a 20. Yeah. I feel pretty energized too, like in a relaxed state, mm-hmm. but in a like, 
I could, um, like, for example, this is an odd one, but I could go to, like, a county fair. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I could do, like, could a low-impact sustained cardio for, like, an hour or so. There you I go. Could, oh, okay, well. I could power walk through the park. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. I was just thinking about like a low key (laughs) ride, you know, (laughs) a few pedals a minute at a time. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. It's nice. It definitely was, as you said, a maze. I think it's a Mm -hmm. fun one to do with other people too, or to smoke with other people. Yeah, I wonder what this would be like by myself, considering how far you're. Yeah, I'll be honest. Somebody talk their ears off for hours. Yeah, or I'd have to be watching, like, a trilogy. <laughs> I don't know, man. It does make your mind wander so much that I do wonder if smoking it by yourself would make you a little bit nervous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't be scared when you smoke it. Never. Never be scared when <laughs> you, you smoke. But scared. I'm saying people... Oh, my God, I'm so scared. I'm like, that's really <laughs> Yeah, if you're that scared when you're lighting up, just <laughs> don't. <Yeah. laughs> and also, What? Well, your mind wanders when you're scared. No, but I'm saying so for maybe for the anxious individual, maybe not. it may not be your cup of tea. I couldn't. I couldn't even light a lighter if I was anxious, so I would be out of the game. Well, there you go. Sitting there with an it's a very high quality strain because I barely smoke through mine. Yeah, I'm not, it is. I'm not yeah, that is true. Actually, you get real high from not that much. Mm-hmm. It looks like we just sparked it and blew it out. True story. So on that level, yeah, yeah that's quality. You don't need much of it. That's quality. Deep Creek is always great, though. We love their strains. We're big fans. Anyway, on that note, Rebecca. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Oh, we are so grateful. This is the best yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah, this is the best part of the day when we get to get high with our friends and talk shit. Oh. <laughs> Uh, this is fun. Then come back anytime and get high with us, just for no reason. We ain't gonna record it. <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you everyone for listening or whoever was listening uh, on our journey for a little bit of higher tolerance today. And remember, always be righteous to the person next to you because you never know what kind of shit someone's going through today. So just always be nice and kind. And that's it. Thank you. Amen. This episode was produced by Surya Wesley, uh, edited by myself, Sarah Minacho, uh, music and mixed by Overcoast, and straight info from Leafly. Leaf.